Welcome to Cultivate with Chelsea, the podcast that supports perinatal women and navigating life postpartum. I'm your host and new mama friend, Chelsea Barbeen, here to talk about all the things they don't tell you to expect after you're expecting. All right, mama, your time is more valuable than ever now, so let's dive in. It's time to cultivate. I can. Thank you for asking. I'm I'm so excited to be having this conversation. And I had a little mini dance party for myself before hopping on here. So I feel ready to go. How are you? I'm good. Let's go for it. Go for it. <sighs> oh my goodness. Um so I full transparency, I don't edit anything. So like this is exactly what's gonna be up. Um, everyone, thank you for joining us. Today we have Joanne Cooper, who is the founder of Fox and Hair Acupuncture and Healing Arts. Um, Joanne, I'm going to pass it over to you in just a minute to do like a, a full, like more formal, but not formal, you know, and um, introduction for yourself. But just a little bit of a preview. Um, Joanne and I just met, no joke, guys, like less than a week ago. Um <laughs> So thank you for being so excited to come on and to have a conversation with me. Um, Jan and I are both members of the Perinatal Partners Network in our local area. And we had a meeting this past weekend, which I don't know about you, but there was something so energetic and charged for me in that space. And right after leaving, um, Teresa did give me like a little bit of a heads up of like, Chelsea, just you wait, like you're going to come into this meeting, you know, it's going to be like a lot of people to get to know, but it's this shift that happens after. Um, just like a warning. And I, I ended up leaving and I like immediately called my husband and I was like, Oh my gosh, like to be with other people who just get it, you know? And, and I was just so, so appreciative that you and I connected. So Thank you for being there. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And thank you for having this conversation with me. Oh my gosh. Mutual. I feel <laughs> everything that you just shared. I always notice that when women come together in healing and community together, like we have this mm. amazing internal yin feminine force um, that when we turn towards it is really powerful and incredible. And you, you see that in motherhood so clearly, right? But then when we see it amongst mm. ourselves together, it's pretty powerful as well. Yeah. And thank you yeah. for having me on. I feel super honored. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. She's, you're such a delight. I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk to her more. So. Oh, thank you. Have you ever done a podcast before? Sure. Sure. I've been on a few and, you know, tinkered with it. I think everybody's tinkered with a pot, especially during the pandemic at some point. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's, it's like a challenge, right? You kind of push yourself past, you know, Oh, what if it's not perfect, but nothing's ever perfect. It's so much more real to have mm. real conversations and to be vulnerable. Um, it, that's a superpower in my opinion. So mm. Yes. It's so interesting. I, I like to say that I'm like a recovering perfectionist, which is complete <laughs> bullshit. Like there's no recovering about it. Like I am just a perfectionist and I think motherhood has been a huge shift for me in, in really like releasing that 
that desire for control and really welcoming and quite honestly, the unknown. <laughs> I feel like every day we have no idea what we're going to wake up and be faced with. Um, and it's been really neat to see that also reflected in, you know, in my career and what I'm doing outside of motherhood to help nourish me. So yeah, no, I very much I appreciate that sentiment. Be, I was going to say, you never know what else will, will be birthed <laughs> after you give birth. All kinds of other things are going to be birthed. And it, it's fascinating, right? It, but that speaks again to that generative, I call it yin power that women have. It's amazing. So yeah. yeah. No, thank you. It's, uh, I love it. And in speaking of that, right. And, um, pursuits and whatnot, I would love to really pass it over for you to do a more formal introduction and then really just share how you got into this practice and supporting perinatal women, because I mean, I think we can both agree it is so very needed and, quite honestly, acupuncture is something that even after being in the wellness space since 2016, like I'm continuing to learn more about and mm -hmm. I know I have a leg up in this. <laughs> so I would love to to really dive into that for, for listeners. So take sure. it away, please. Sure. So my backstory is um, I was a nurse forever. I'm still a nurse. Just as an aside, if you've ever become a nurse, you don't stop being a nurse ever. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a a little bit of a mafia, if you will. Okay. But I reached a point where like my daughter was in school, elementary school. And I thought, I really want to go back to graduate school. I went to Villanova uh, for my nursing degree. So, you know, like a lot of um, high expectation nursing schools, such as Villanova, which I love. And I'm so honored to have gone there. You know, I never went to grad school and I always felt like, oh, I dropped a ball because we were really mm -hmm. trained to go to grad school. Um, in a wonderful way. And so I began to explore, do I want to be an MP? Anesthesia is not really for me. And acupuncture just kept showing up. It was fascinating. Mm. Um, it, I always say it kind of hunted me down a bit because I would be thinking about it and then I would see it. I remember seeing it on CNN in a special they had about alternative therapies. And I thought, well, that's really weird because it's like literally on my laptop in the dining room table from last night open. So it just, you know, just kept, it just, all the signs. I'm a big believer mm. in signs, you know, pointing you in the direction of your own growth and healing. And that's really how acupuncture happened for me. I went to graduate school. Um, I went to a place called the Juan Institute for Graduate Studies in PA. It's the only Pennsylvania school mm. for acupuncture. Had a wonderful experience there. Came out um, for the first maybe five years of my practice. I only did women's health exclusively um, through a practice I called Rosewell. Mm. And Rosewell okay. was interesting because I had, I, I have like a lot of us, I had a vision board forever. And I had that name Rosewell on my vision board for years before, and I didn't know what it meant. And finally, I'm mm. like, oh, this is the name of my practice. You know, this is what I'm going to be doing. Mm. And um, did that. And the pandemic hit and had to kind of restructure a little bit. Um, I got engaged and remarried. And um, we decided to go in together. So Fox and Hair is actually my husband and I, and he supports, you know, the clinic operations in the back. And he's like, does a lot. <laughs> so that I, myself and the other practitioners can just roll in and do our work and take care of people. But my general focus has been on women's health. I do see just about everything, but fertility is my passion. Mm -hmm. um, everything between, I say, fertility and menopause is my passion, supporting women um, in those capacities. Acupuncture is a very distinct modality that has a high effectiveness um, when it comes to working with the parasympathetic nervous system, which is highly correlated with our female hormones. And so mm. that is one of the beautiful ways that it works. It works in a number of ways, but 
I knew that that would, that would, that was where I wanted to be. Um, and again, I was very called. I had struggles myself with infertility. I have a surviving triplet daughter, but I had lost mm. the other two triplets. So that mm. was very devastating and it really also impacted my wanting to continue on to be a nurse. It was very challenging and kind of without getting too protracted into that story. But acupuncture also healed me because mm. the first time I helped someone get pregnant, that was like a full circle moment. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I can do women's health because I don't want to, you know, project or bring something into the room or make it about me. It's always about the client. And then just, just like the signs that led me to acupuncture school, you know, the same thing happened with my first person that got pregnant and amazing. And I was like healed in a way that I can't even describe. I know you're getting goosebumps. Right? My whole body is covered. <laughs> I like can feel like tears, like wanting to like, you can see, I mean, no, I don't know guys, if I'm ever going to around to video editing. I feel like I say that on every oh. conversation just so the guest knows, but I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh. It's yeah. just so like, yeah. I, I don't mm. exactly, of course, right, share that with, with all fertility clients that come in because it's, but the truth is that that experience of loss too, like that experience mm -hmm. of loss and then my background as a nurse came together to inform my future. And it's really profound for me to have lived this life into this career. I feel very, very fortunate and blessed and kind of really watched over and guided. So mm. you never know. Even when things are challenging, you don't you don't know where they're going to lead. Healing, I think, really what we're talking about here is healing and what that can look like in different capacities. So, um, I just feel really fortunate every time someone gets pregnant. Every time someone, even if they don't get pregnant, and comes in and needs support and is trying, and they need to try as hard as they can, right? And know that they didn't leave any stone unturned. Of course, obviously, mm -hmm. when the babies happen, it's overjoying. <laughs> to me. Um, yeah. And then when the mommies come back, I'm like, please bring those babies back because they want to see them. So it's it's really a beautiful career choice for me. So yeah. mm. thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I do have one, I, I do have a question really to, to explore a little bit more about um, acupuncture in itself, right? Because I think, again, I have a little bit of an understanding, but listeners may be completely new to this. So I want to get there, but there is one piece I want to touch on too. I think as a wellness contributor in general, but more specifically supporting women, there is such an honor and to your point, like a joy to really be part of and also witness a woman taking action to care for herself or to support herself and in a society in which is like so fast paced yeah. and it's almost like I still to this day will hear people say, I actually just heard a family member say this to someone the other day, like, Oh, you're tired. You'll sleep when you're dead. Like keep going. And I was like, Oh, like That's what? So we're a very young culture. That's mm. our culture. Like if you think about just in the most basic breakdown of yin and yang, we don't reward yin. Yin is that quiet internal yin is sleep essentially, <laughs> but it's mm. also all the restorative, replenishing activities and experiences that then allow our young to come out and be strong and fortified. So I always say like, that's the battle. It's the battle inside of ourselves. It's the battle within our culture of yin-yang balance. The funny thing is you have more yang, you have more go, do, accomplish energy when you mm -hmm. replenish your yin. Mm. And that's very, because we were like, no, I got to go more young. And I'm like, no, I actually got to go more yin. 
I promise it will be there. It's like a battery. We're ultimately a battery that gets depleted, but it can be recharged, right? And it's an amazing thing. So yeah, but I, I do think we're a little bit, and especially as women too, right? We, we've, I, I just, a huge shout out to women in general. We've, we've come, how far we've come, you know, in the, just, I'll just say, you know, in my lifetime for my mother to, to now to be able to be so accomplished and also do all the job of motherhood is, is mm. pretty intense, right? I don't know that we always realize it because we've just been going, going, going. And to take that moment and say, this is really a lot that we accomplish and achieve and it can't be done perfectly. You know, perfect is, is a, is a trap, right? I, are you familiar with Brene Brown's work on perfectionism? I, I was beginning to, to dig deep into that. Yes, yes. Brene Brown is a treasure trove of information um, on all things from vulnerability. Um, of course, she studies shame and things of that nature. But yeah, perfectionism. Yeah, that's what got her into her work. And it, it it's beautiful work just when you realize like, you, you know, it's a myth. <laughs> we can't be perfect. <laughs> I think if we can make room for that compassion... And that replenishment, it, it, the replenishment, right? There may be more of that that occurs, and then we actually are more supplied overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes you have to give yourself the permission slip. That's a Bernie Brown thing. I was just going to say, if anyone listening needs the permission, <laughs> Joanne yeah. is is giving you that permission right now. Yes. As as am I. <laughs> I use it all the time in clinic. I'm like, you have a permission slip for this. You have a permission slip for that it's sort of a fundamental thing, right? Our brains are wired in such a way that we almost need a permission, mm-hmm. like, like to be given a permission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're always battling our little super ego that's chatting in there at us all the time. And it doesn't always serve us very well. It's broadcasting a lot of things we don't need to hear, right? Trying to keep us safe in a world that isn't, mm-hmm. where we're not running from tigers and bears anymore. Where, you know, I think the battle is much more within ourselves. At this point, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all, it's all like relative though. You know what I mean? Like it's just, and I, I appreciate you acknowledging it. Um, tell us a little bit about acupuncture in itself and in thinking about the sentiments that we were just sharing, right? Like how could acupuncture support almost mm-hmm. to, to provide more of that balance of, you know, yin and, and restoring I, and, and, Again, thinking of the way that it supports the parasympathetic nervous system. Can you also explain to you what that what that is for listeners? Because I want to like really break this down. Yeah. I'll start with that. So you know, when we're when we go to go up and move and get going, that's our sympathetic nervous system, right? If you think back to biology or you know whatever studies you had in high school or college, that's the get up and go. What brings us back down is our parasympathetic break, which is really uh, technically cranial nerve ten. So bringing things back down is harder, <laughs> it seems. Right. And the more stress we get, I, I think it's really like the weaker the break gets. So in a lot of ways, there's been amazing research done on, um, on all of this over the last 20 or 30 years, especially since mindfulness came to, into being in the early 2000s. Engaging parasympathetic nervous system is something that acupuncture does really beautifully. So when someone comes in for treatment, I always love it because I say it's a very receiving modality. You don't Mm. have to do anything except show up and arrive into what I call the nest. That's what I call my treatment room, the nest. Oh, that is so (laughs) beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I really want someone to arrive and feel like they have to do nothing. They're just going to be taken Mm. care of. Um, Again, which doesn't happen often. 
right? For us, like, where do we, where can we find that? And it's not forever. It's just for that hour, hour and a half, but that can make a big difference to your, to your nervous system overall. And as people get consistent care, um, what begins to happen with that parasympathetic engagement becoming more, becomes stronger. It's like making a Mm. kind of like a loop and feedback mechanisms in your brain. And then of course, all kinds of happy chemistry gets released, dopamine, serotonin, um, and of course, all of which interplay with female hormones. And then that is really how fertility is supported. Uh, you know, later on, like menopause, those kind of things are supported because we're normalizing the chemical mosaic to more resemble where we want to be versus where we're at quite often. So it's nice in that way. It's like, you know, with so many things that you do, we, you know, they're wonderful. We go to yoga or we exercise or we, you know, but this is like a a straight yin, like you're just going to come and receive. So I guess I love that. I love that yin. (laughs) I could talk about yin all day. So I love that though. And I think it's so, it's so interesting, you know, you as a mom and having that nurturing sense, even as a nurse, goodness, before becoming like, I think it's as I'm listening to you, I'm like, Oh, this is so perfect for you. I'm like, when can I sign up? Like (laughs) add this to my, add this into my whole routine here. Um, can you share a little bit? So like I, I received acupuncture, a one-off at a workshop Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting because as excited and as interested, intrigued as I was, I was definitely nervous going into it. Um, And I just remember um, the facilitator sharing. It was, it was with like a sound healing experience as well. It was quite beautiful. Um, She had shared, you know, you might feel a little sensation, a little tingling throughout the body. And I remember, and I feel like if others have experienced acupuncture, perhaps (laughs) they can relate to what I'm about to say, but like, I remember laying there in this Shavasana pose, like listening to the sound and just really feeling it. Again, these samples, like just traveling throughout my body. That in itself was like an experience. And then I kept thinking like perhaps I was feeling certain sensations, right? Of like things, you know, happening. And I was like, is it happening? I like kind of wanted to open up my eyes, but I was like, I I was nervous. I didn't want to disrupt the flow. And like, again, all of this I know this whole, thing is, this whole astral thing is happening. And you're like, what's right. going on? When you right. add sound into it, you really get an intense um, mm. addition. They, they work together. I do a sound bath, every community sound bath every month um, with my uh, friend, Jen, who plays the gong. And we, it's really beautiful to see people like get mm. the acupuncture and that, and then they just kind of, I, we, we go other places. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I believe it. I believe that. But I mean, each modality singularly does that as well. Um, it's mm-hmm. the combo that you experienced where you started to have um, probably a lot of third eye involvement, especially if you were needled in the third eye, which is between the eyebrows. So, right. Yes. What does, how would you describe acupuncture, right? As like a sensation or even like, could you kind of walk through like, how you actually facilitate a session right? for those who are like, so I'll let you know a secret. My first sessions are always the same session. I always do the same treatment with a little modification, but I always know what I'm going to do the first time. Excuse me. Someone comes in because, you know, I I found those perfecting treatments. Again, I want to be careful with the word perfection, but to me, the ideal treatment that is going to treat a number of different presentations at once so I know that that will work. So when someone will come, 
Um, it will be a longer session the first time because we have to do the intake. We have to talk about what the goals are and the challenges that are presenting. Also see if there's any secondary issues going on that we can nip in the bud and mm. take care of. Um, you basically begin face down and that's nice because you don't see them. You don't see the needles at first. Yes. And when I see needles, so I'm a nurse, right? As well as an acupuncturist. So a needle, we think of a hypodermic needle. We think of being, you know, a little kid and getting stuck. And, you know, that's our first experience with a needle is very traumatizing, actually. Yeah. I wish we called them something different. They're like baby hairs Mm. and they're very gentle. And the way that we use them with a guide tube, I mean, I'll always, so often, probably 90% of the time when I do a first treatment, someone will say, was that it? I said, yeah, (laughs) because they don't really feel much. Um, I'm not saying that they don't ever feel anything, but in general, that's our goal is for you to feel as little as possible. Um, Now, that being said, something tiny like that may not seem very powerful, but it very much is. We are tapping into what we would say are motor points and reactive Mm -hmm. points along nerve tracks that then relay back to the body that strong parasympathetic effect. It can also relay back directly to organ systems. So if we have something in the stomach, we have something in the gynecological areas, Mm. um, a mother struggling with breastfeeding, lactation, you know, we can target that neurology to directly um, affect and balance it back. So it's really fun and fascinating and interesting. And having been a nurse for many years, my background is in critical care and in hospice and to have really seen so many different presentations and then come into acupuncture and realize, oh, actually we can help this without medication. Mm. Um, or in concert sometimes with medication. That can be the best then best modality. I never say I'm very east west minded. So I always encourage, yeah. you know, to to listen to your primary physician. But we can there's always almost always something in there, you know, that we can that we can balance together or even get it before you even need medication, which of course is how a lot of us want to go. We don't want to be reliant on meds to have homeostasis essentially in our body or to feel like we, we can get through a health struggle. Um, it may not require that. So, mm. yeah. I, I love that you have such a, a respect for both, for both sides, I'll say. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that there tends to be a little bit of hesitation, you know, when entering into a space that doesn't, especially when it comes, you know, to a woman who's trying to conceive or who is pregnant um, or postpartum, because I think more often than not, there there is a sense of, I'll just say it for what it is, like fear for women. We're considered, you know, I felt at least such like fragile beings and wanting to, you know, as we were talking about in our meeting, like don't lift over 20 pounds and don't do this and don't do that. It's like, we, I think almost want to um, really honor that, that recommendation of being cautious um, so in hearing, in hearing you share about that, it feels like a very, um, a very happy medium, right? Yeah. And so much of life is both. And it's not either, or, I mean, if you could take, right. <laughs> snap, 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 snap. If you can take the benefits of both, mm-hmm. they, they don't have, they shouldn't be canceling each other out. That's my opinion of things. I love working with, with women who are going through IVF because I went through IVF. And I had, you know, that was such a struggle. And I felt like, oh, I wish I had someone like me back then to kind of be nurturing and supportive and hopefully maximize, you know, the experience. It's a very stressful experience, very expensive. And 
you know, you want to know that you've done everything and you want to have some kind of nurturing. It's amazing how demanding we can be of our bodies, even though we are very powerful and strong, you know, and at the same time, again, it's back to that yin yang. Am I, am I listening to my body? What do I really need here? So, yeah. Mm, um, I would love to know. So I, you and I, we briefly chatted on, on Sunday about, um, this one really interesting practice that I cannot wait to get to. But before we get to that, that post-delivery <laughs> care, because I'm like, let's talk about the woo, Joanne. Um, I, I would love to hear from your perspective, like when is ideal for, you know, a, a woman who is thinking about conceiving or trying to conceive or, um, you know, like what, like when is ideal for them to maybe explore acupuncture as, as a, um, modality for support. I mean, probably even before. Right. So when I tell all of my, like if someone's not going through fertility treatment, for example, or if they're going through fertility, that's not IVF. So we're going to do the not IVF versus IVF kind of approach. Mm -hmm. So not IVF, you're trying naturally, you want to maximize your, you know, your potential to get pregnant. I always say to come in right as your cycle, right after it started, and then right again before anticipated ovulation. Now, Mm -hmm. beyond that, I don't have you come in unless you want to, um, because we, we've kind of targeted the time, right? The time when we're trying to maximize the egg and, and just the whole, you know, the nourishment of the, the would-be womb, et cetera. Um, so that's usually a couple of times. I would say, let's see a couple of times this month. Um, if we move into more intense fertility presentations in terms of tr- getting support from Western Med, um, I, I work with the client as much as they can. You know, it's like sometimes mm-hmm. expense is really an issue, of course. So we, I go back to that, okay, if we can only do only do a couple times let's do it before retrieval time and as you're building up um yeah that that's kind of when you want to maximize things acupuncture is delightful if you can get it you know throughout the month but you know really my job is to say when is the most effective time and those are the most effective times Mm. thank you for for clarifying that because it is it's one of those things where I heard you share earlier, you know, it's like, it's the consistency and the practice, right? And I believe consistency is key for so much. I, I was just chatting with a girlfriend today, um, right after yoga. And she was just so kindly, like thanking me for welcoming her, really encouraging her back into her practice and like sharing the studio that I go mm-hmm. to. And she, like, we were both, um, kind of like reflecting like what a difference we can feel when we aren't consistent in our practice. Mm -hmm. Right. And I always think it is important to acknowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, the, again, those, those times of when consistency really does play a huge role, right. In the quote unquote success of, um, of, of a doing practice or, you know, so your body receiving the consistency and going, Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. this is what we're doing. You know, our bodies are always listening. They're, they're always listening to us and uh you know the cells know so to speak so oh yeah and it's so funny as you're talking in the corner of my eye i can see this book oh. right i just got it from the library have you read that you got really excited no, when you just, saw it this it looks really delightful <laughs> guys born to receive by amanda owen i have not finished it yet um but a friend of mine had recommended it to me. Um, she is a functional practitioner. Um, she's international, but uh, we were chatting about this whole concept of receiving. It, this keeps coming up for me. And again, I very much believe in like signs. I'm right there with you. Like the universe is trying to <laughs> oh, tell yeah, me to pause. Podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast, my dear. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 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 
Um, do you, so, okay. We chatted through like the trying to conceive. Um, do you provide care for expecting women? Like oh, those who are pregnant? Sure. sure. The interesting thing I find, um, is that a lot of times they won't come as much once they mm. conceive and that's okay. Um, I may see them at the end when things are getting uncomfortable and they're like, can you just, you know, or, or they, they're ready to deliver. And I said, you know, we don't induce, don't induce labor. <laughs> However, we can induce a lot of relaxation, which will help your body again. It knows the way home. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I love, I love every stage of <laughs> a woman on the table. It's like fantastic. So, yeah. So confirmed for everyone listening, you can go <laughs> as you're trying while you're pregnant. And what I'm most excited to talk about postpartumly, I don't want to like misspeak and essentially butcher the name of the practice that you had shared with us on Sunday, but oh, that's guys, yeah. we need, we need to dive into this more. Oh, what do you call you, it? The mother roast. Are you calling it the mother roast? Yes. The mother roast. Oh my oh, goodness. God. I cannot so wait goodness. to talk about this. Mother Rose is a ceremonial thing. It's an it's an ancient I think practice we can say in Chinese medicine. So if if you've ever heard, you know, you, you think of Chinese medicine, you think of acupuncture and herbs, but then there's also things like washa and cupping and things like that where we're, mm-hmm. we're those are more muscle based, right? Therapies where we're releasing tension, et cetera, issues like that. But moxa is another form of treatment where it's called mugwort is the herb and you essentially, you know, make it real tiny to like a rice grain and you would then apply it to a point and not let it burn the skin, but let the, the, the herb above the skin kind of, you put like a, a salve on the skin so it doesn't burn and there's no issues with that. Now I'm not a, I'm not much of a moxa um, practitioner. Some people love moxa. They do it all the time. They do you know, put it on the end of the needles and clumps. They want to send that heat down the needle into the body, etc. I'm, I'm a little bit probably because of my Western med background. I'm like, don't need to have this much fire in the room. <laughs> right. the and again, I, you know, I don't want to intimidate anybody, but when it comes to post-delivery, when you have really, cause you're quite depleted, right? You're quite, quite depleted. You've accomplished this amazing thing and the baby has arrived and your body's just like, Oh, the battery has really been used up. Especially, I always think it's so interesting if we get all the way to the end and we push <laughs> the or if you have a section, you know, that's very hard and very demanding mm. on the body. So the mother is just essentially a bit of a ceremonial treatment where I just make a little nest on the, uh, over the belly button and with um, like with a barrier. So again, there's no burning, but we, we burn some moxa and we do needles right around the belly and it's very restorative to what we would call mm. the lower jowl, you know, the, the lower pelvic area. And it's just a lovely practice. Sometimes I'll do it on the back and the front, depending on, you know, if the woman wants both, <laughs> but it's kind of like a lovely ceremonial thing to do. I like ring a little bell and we, we just, yeah, we really honor what the experience has been that a woman has gone through. And now we're going to do this ancient practice of restoring you afterwards. So Wow. It's really when fun. You, it sounds beautiful. And I'm like kind of sad I did not get to experience this myself. Like I wish I knew about it um, beforehand because this is like right up my alley. I would have been like, hello. Um, when do you typically recommend like performing that? Oh, when whenever the, mo- the mom can get in. You know, it's ideal within the first month after delivery. Um, I mean, it'd be ideal if it was the first week, but rarely can the mom come in in the first week. I always tell them to bring their babies. Oh gosh, I'm so excited to have the baby, but it can be hard, right? For mom to relax if the baby's there and kind of let go and have, and give herself that kind of time. So 
I think that's kind of a big picture thing to like how challenging it can be. You're there's a an at odds, right? I want to go and do something for myself, but I need to be here for the baby, and that's a natural feeling and natural drivers. So I say when when you can. Usually this is when a partner or like a mom or somebody around will come in and be like, I want you to go and get some, you know, some nurturing for yourself. So it kind of harkens back to something we talked about on Sunday about, you know, asking for support when we need it and knowing Mm -hmm. we don't have to do everything ourselves and we we're not perfect. And there was no perfect, there's no perfect thing. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, yeah, but that it's ideal in that first month. It's nice because, and you're, you know, it depends on your, how you're, you're recovering, right? Post-delivery too, I think, you know, we, that mother rose ceremony is that one time, but acupuncture can be very helpful in restoring yeah. in those first few months, first six months afterwards. So, but again, it's always kind of managed with the baby. <laughs> so yeah, any and all yeah. babies are welcome to come to the practice because they make me very happy. Oh, that's so good to know. And I love that. I, I am curious, how long does that ceremony, um, like how long does that last? Oh gosh, I'll probably do about 15 or 20 minutes with that. And then we'll kind of let needles set, you know, after the moxa work is done and then there's just a long restoration. So, you know, Mm. you're in the room. I have... I say the room, the nest is pretty, pretty powerful. We have, you know, the salt lamps going and we have some scent in there if that's what you desire. And, and just the needles, there's like a little magic that happens. And I love having a space. I'm sure you understand this, right? As a yoga practitioner, Mm -hmm. when you've had a space where a lot of healing has happened, the space takes on an energy. So that Mm -hmm. is also going on as well, which is really lovely. And I feel like all the moms that have ever come through my practice are interconnected. So that's really kind of a neat thing. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know if that answered your question. I got a little sidetracked, but it, it did. Um, so the practice itself is fifteen, and then you had said then you allow for yeah. the restoration piece. Right. Then we want to do needle time and that kind of thing. Yeah, and really just get a really good, hard rest, recovery, restoration experience. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So all in all, like if a if a new mom, you know, were to be booking an appointment like that with you, how how long would that support with that babysitter, uh, so to speak, right. need to be scheduled oh, how long for? <laughs> so if, it's, if it's an initial patient, like if it's their first time, it's, it's going to be an hour and a half. But for any follow-up patient, like I oftentimes the mother roast experience happens after I've been working with somebody. Um, mm. That could be an hour. You know, I'm pretty, okay. pretty streamlined. Um, yeah. But I always say, like I'll ask my, my ladies, like, how much time do you have? Like if I don't have some, I have two rooms. So if I don't have someone right after them mm. and even that extra 10 or 15 minutes, right. It's kind of like in yoga when you get a lot, when you can get a little longer. <laughs> For Shavasana, it is exactly. the best. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. So I'll always try to check it. I'll be like, when do you need to be out of here? Cause I know there's a point and I can actually feel it when I'm out in the front where I'm like, okay, they're, they're in it now. Like I feel that energetic has fallen. And mm. gone into like a place of really good restoration and and recovery and healing is now happening in there. So <laughs> I try to keep mm. I try to keep them there as long as possible. So yeah, but That's I would say so you know hour hour and a half tops. Okay. Certainly not more than an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's super helpful. And like from a, a postpartum perspective, right? I mean, I believe that we are forever postpartum because we are a different person after delivering our babies, and I think that that you know, a little like 
unpopular and perhaps even makes a mama want to cringe to think about that because there's such a negative connotation with postpartum. Yeah. Well, there's a lot I will of say, connotations with women's health that are all ridiculous and wrong. So You know what? You're yes. right. It's not just postpartum. It's in so many oh. different so many oh, yeah. so many different realms. Um when it comes to though receiving acupuncture um post delivery beyond the mama roast, right? Gosh, it's so freaking cute. I love that. <laughs> Um, and I like have this like a negative thing. Like I'm going to get roasted. I'm like, no, it's a good roast. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I've just like picture like warmth and just like yeah. a gathering in this. It just sounds, I don't know. It sounds yummy to me you personally to feel in your body, like to feel that in your body. So yeah. Know that you will be within God willing. Number two there, there will, yes, we'll definitely be chatting about that. Um, <laughs> post mama roast. Right. Here we go. How does acupuncture, I know we, you know, you really beautifully shared like with the parasympathetic nervous system and things like that. And that whole concept of receiving, which as a new mom, I cannot stress enough to my own clients and everyone listening here, the importance to receive in order to give Mm -hmm. you guys, I feel like it's a broken record. Um, beyond that though, right? Like you had kind of teased a little bit with lactation support, you know, from like a, I'm assuming like a supply, right? That also would have been very right. helpful for me. Um, how else does acupuncture support new mothers? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's very supportive of your digestive health. Um, we mm. always say that everything kind of can be influenced from the center, from from our gut, because, you know, that's where a lot of our neurotransmitters are made. This is how we take nutrition in and then we transform it and then we we have that young energy, you know, it's, it's from that. So that can get a bit kinked up, right. With, with mm. our changes in hormones. So we want that, all that operating system to be, to be, you know, doing well, so to speak. So if there's issues there, that's something I love to address. And that also responds very, very well to acupuncture. Um, acupuncture is not for everything, but the things it works for really, it really does work for. Um, and digestive health is one of them. Another thing is sleep. So, you know, how is, now of course we have the sleep issues, right? For the new mamas with the sleep schedule with the baby, but also are you sleeping? How's your quality of sleep? Um, so a lot of times what will happen when someone will come in for that physical restoration treatment is there's a fair amount of health coaching that goes on um, from, you know, how, how is that looking? How's that working? You know, and, and suggesting better ways that they can, can get there. But sometimes it's engaging that parasympathetic effect does help them sleep more in the overall. So then, then you, then you're on a kind of a self-generating process, right? Like they're sleeping better. They're doing better. Every time they come in, they're getting a little better. So it's, it's nice. It's a nice way to help even more restoration, like beyond the treatment room, you know, mm. as which is the goal for all treatment. So, yeah. No, I love that. And I think I'm so, I'm so grateful that you pointed out, right. The quality versus the quantity mm. of sleep. That's something that I really focus on. Um, actually in my fourth trimester guide and I have a whole, um, a free download for my top five sleep tips. And that's really what it's around. It's, yeah. it's releasing this again, societal norm of, um, sleep recommendations of those eight hours, you know, cause in all reality, like that's, that's not life after having a baby. And right. e- e- even if you have the best sleeper, like our daughter yeah. was great. She also needed to be, we were advised to wake her up to help, you know, manage weight. And I, you know, 
really um, invested in breastfeeding and pumping and, you know, like I was up pumping to help my supply. And so I, I just really appreciate you pointing that out. And I think, again, it's sleep going back to that restorative piece. Um, it's just it's so incredibly important. And I feel like mamas, if you're listening and you are local <laughs> to the Phoenixville, Pennsylvania area, for goodness gracious, just go go see Joanne so you can get better sleep for all, <laughs> you know, like. I see sleep all the time. And the funny thing is then a lot of times people fall asleep on the table. Women will fall asleep on the table. And they're like, I didn't think I would ever fall asleep on the table. I'm like, yeah, you needed that. You needed yeah. That. So let's get that at home for you. <laughs> Well, I love that. Just you come in here because you can't come in here just to sleep this deep. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, that's wonderful. Um, so before we share your information, I have two final questions for you. One, I'm very hopeful that listeners will not just be local to our area. I would love for this to reach, you know, hundreds of thousands of women all over. Um, what advice do you have for um, someone who is seeking? you know, uh, support using this modality and finding a practitioner, um, that would be best to facilitate for, for these objectives, I will say perinatally. So you just froze for a second. So repeat your question again, real quick. Oh my goodness. Um, yes, of course. So for those who are not local, right. And cannot come see you specifically (laughs) what, (laughs) although I'm like, there probably will be a lot of people who who want to do that. And what tips do you have for women? You know, those who are trying to conceive or within that perinatal um, demographic, what tips do you have for them to find a practitioner, excuse me, that could best support them? Right. So I honestly, I feel like, um, like so many practices, but acupuncture is one of those things because there's not, you know, there's not a lot of like coming recommendations from your Western med, although I do get a fair amount of referrals from doctors and from therapists a lot as well. Um, you know, Google reviews, like a good mm. acupuncturist is going to have good Google reviews. There's no way around that. Um, and you're going to be able, if, if you looked and try to find your story, it should be somewhere in there. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's, that's always the key. I was saying, you can always reach out to me and I'm always glad to hunt down a practitioner. Um, so I've had sweet. that happen a lot. Like, do you know, I live in this area. I can't really get there. And I know I'll kind of look up, but really, I think that the tip is, how are they being spoken about? You know, people mm-hmm. are, it's a very vulnerable thing. You come in, you're exposing your health, you're exposing yourself to someone. So if they've done a good job, they're going to have wonderful reviews. And that's the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. And then I think there's personal preferences. Some people prefer a woman, but men can do a wonderful job too at acupuncture. I, I think sometimes the woman thing, it, it can be, you know, can be something that you desire. And that's of course, very much personal preference, but yeah, that's my tip. I, but I'm a big Google review person. anyway. <laughs> it's like, well, let's see, <laughs> let's see what's going on here. So yeah, there's also databases for the NCCOM, I believe it is um, where you can look it up, but, but really most people who are having a thriving practice, um, that's another good indicator, right? If you're, if you're there and you see, oh, this person's seeing a lot of people, this person's in somewhere centralized, they're doing well. So and they're doing well because they're doing good work. Um, so those are my tips. I love that. Give it to Google. All right. Was not expecting that at all, but very valid. 
Well, because it is because it's just harder, right, than in other modalities to get that. I mean, obviously, personal reference is great, and at this point, I would say half of my my practice is personal reference, you know, between existing clients to new clients. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're new to something, you're like, I have no idea. That's a good place to start because people really are amazing and will share their experience that they've had, and good or bad. <laughs> so very yeah. true, very yeah. true. And I will say, I definitely agree with you. Those who are taking the time to share a good review, I mean, goodness, you have to like give so much weight towards that because it's very easy and enticing for people to just, I don't want to say bash, but bash mm-hmm. it, right. a very bad experience. So you're more right. likely to see negative reviews than, than positive. So if you are finding a practice right. with an abundance of yeah. you know rating reviews, mm. you can always Thank also you. reach out to an acupuncturist and say, this is kind of what I'm looking to accomplish here. These are my goals. Do you have any clients that you can, that you, I can talk to that you've treated with this? Mm-hmm. Because I know I have, you know, a number of clients that have, you know, for pregnancy, for example, gotten pregnant and then they want, they want to be able to talk to somebody <laughs> about it or, you know, sometimes that, that's a level of, um, you know, if, if the client is willing to have that kind of, you know, be accessible in that way, of course, with HIPAA, we need to be careful with those kind of things, but mm. yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So before we get to you sharing, again, this is like my final question. I ask every <laughs> single guest I have, and I love to hear the answers because sometimes they're not at all what I thought that they were going to say. Um, and then it's just, again, it's, it's, uh, I love it. What is, okay, let me backtrack. If you could share one tip of advice for every new mama to know if you were like you could tell them one thing every single new mom that you wanted them to know what would that be you're doing the best you can give yourself compassion you're doing the best you can it's it is enough you are enough period (laughs) yeah give yourself Mm. that permission slip yeah, we, we don't we don't get anywhere by being pejorative with ourselves. We get places by being compassionate with ourselves. So, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. And I'm going to receive it for myself and the power and the emphasis of receiving in today's conversation. Um, oh, that's going to really inspire a beautiful podcast episode title. I can't wait to share that with you. <laughs> Um, all right. So Joanne, please share with everyone how they can find you, how they could potentially work with you. Um, yeah, give them, give them all of that. So I feel like, again, I loved chatting with you. I've learned so much and I feel like others are going to want to just soak up more of your, um, yeah, this is what it's like when you come in for treatment. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, yeah. So we are um, right in the heart of Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, which is a really fun, eclectic little town. If you're familiar with it at all, we are right in the heart of town on Bridge Street. Um, and we are found online at Fox and Hair Phoenixville's our website, as well as our IG handle. I'm pretty much an IG gal. You know, it's it's fun to go on there and uh, and just highlight. It's and it's such a pleasure to do what we do. It's, you know, it's really at the heart for my husband and I, we created that business ourselves together during COVID. He even picked out the little, there's two little hearts on the yin yang and that is his doing. So I love even the energy that he brings to the practice, even, you know, from his loving intention of wanting to support me. It's, it's pretty cool. 
So, yeah. But that's where, mm-hmm. we, that's where you can find us, foxandhairpeninsula.com. And um, everything's on here. So we have different events that we do. And like I said, monthly community acupuncture sound bath in Phoenixville, which is a really, really lovely event up at the rec center. And occasionally I do some workshops and some little bit of coaching here and there. So and we have some other services that are worth checking out as well. So. Amazing. I'm excited. I'm like, I need to go look at all this. I didn't know you offered all of this. <laughs> well, I mean, the basis is acupuncture, though. That's, that's yes. for a well what we do there. So. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much, Joanne, for again having this conversation. I, I just I so value and appreciate you, um, really following those little tugs that you felt to support the the groups that you do, and I so appreciate you carving out the time in your busy day as an entrepreneur and and a provider and a mother and a wife and all the titles that <laughs> all continue. The hats wear, right? All the hats. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much. I really look forward to connecting with you soon and hopefully collaborating one day. Great. Thank you, Chelsea. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode on the Cultivate with Chelsea podcast. New Mamahood is truly a journey, and I'm so appreciative to be on it with you. Until next week, with care, Chelsea.